1: To start winning. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devante Adams. Who's got it? DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor touchdown. Pass is caught. Thanks. touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Road Overtime on Road Radio. Brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter add over to Maryland. and i'm joined as well today as always by sean siegel my co-host here on the show co-host of stadium bananas as well sean we had a great conversation on the show on thursday we did talk through uh, some of the rb apocalypse or the possible situation that we may have in the first second and third rounds of the 2022 draft season i really enjoyed that conversation um usually our shows are in the 30 minute range uh we we did go over on that one but i think uh we were kind of we were deep into the conversation we had to keep things going so hopefully if you haven't heard that one yet head back and listen if you did have a listen already hopefully you did enjoy it we are going to discuss our main event uh playoff picture as we get ready for that in the week 13 playoff scenario at the ffpc we'll be talking through some of the draft board recapping that how The rosters have gone throughout the season which teams and which players have made that playoff uh, spot and hopefully when we talk on tuesday on the next episode of the show we will be talking about a successful week and that contest we also have a listener question based on um how they use the roster construction explorer this offseason to draft a team and and how things are playing out on that even with a lot of injuries so we're going to do that in the second half of the show sean i didn't mention this on the previous show but on wednesday's edition of the uh stealing bananas podcast with ben something caught my ear when i was listening back to the show and it was that you were talking about the taylor swift team and i was wondering if taylor swift had a, a team in your ffpc main event against yourself and ben but it actually turns out it was the jonathan taylor and deandre swift team so uh, i'm wondering if any of the listeners can let me know if they do have a roster with taylor and swift on it and i hope if they have they have named it after the famous songstress and, and taylor swift but
2: what colin's not telling you is that he has a bunch of taylor swift teams and they're all like in parentheses columns version. So Colm has been like secretly re-recording all of her hits. He's going to release his own album to that effect themed on his fantastic 2021 fantasy roster. Colm, one of the things we're going to talk about today is draft strategy. And, you know, we don't want people to think we're just like talking about our team. We know that one of the truisms for fantasy football is nothing is less interesting than someone else's fantasy team but we've done the draft shows we've recorded and discussed why we've gone about some things in certain ways we want to look back on that see what worked what didn't one of the things that can be a trap, as you analyze your leagues is to think that what played out in your specific league played out in general or was guaranteed to happen it wasn't obviously this is just one path of many potential scenarios that could play out. At the same time, it's a trap to never go back and look at your individual leagues and only look at sort of the big picture. And we do a ton of stuff from January through August, looking at the big picture, looking at the big picture in a variety of different formats, getting you set up with the best data and the best uh, intel in terms of how you want to use the big picture to your advantage, but you also need to be analyzing your own drafts, figuring out what you do well, what you did poorly, Even if it's not the only thing that could have happened, it is valuable to find out for yourself why you won a certain league or why you lost a different one and if there are things that you could do differently, right? One of the things that you may come to in leagues that you lose is if I had the chance again, I would have done it the same way and mostly I would have hoped for a different outcome in terms of injury luck or maybe just different outcomes in terms of where individual players hit within their range of outcomes for that season even among the healthy guys. But Colin, one of the things that kind of jumped out to me as I looked through a variety of different leagues here that I participated in is that obviously injury luck is going to matter. And we talk about the fact that in the best ball, so many of our best ball teams are doing really well. In the listener leagues, we're doing really poorly. We tend to chalk that up to the listeners bringing in uh, elite strategies, deploying those, you know, pushing us off some of the things that we like to do. But at the same time, in some of those leagues, we've had bad injury luck. And so those things combined are going to definitely put you in a very bad position. But the thing that really jumps out to me is that the main thing that you want to do as a fantasy manager is that you want to have a draft approach so that when you are right and when you are healthy, that your teams win right? You can't always control some of the other things. You're going to be wrong about individual players. You're going to not have a guy who has a league winning season. You're going to maybe not have a Cooper Cup or you're going to not have a Leonard Fournette. But when you are correct and when you do have a Debo Samuel, you have a DeAndre Swift, you have a Jamar Chase, you have good tight end depth and quarterbacks will get the job done for you. When you're in that position, the thing that is crucial to do is to not blow it because you made draft mistakes right so you have to look at things you can control and things you can't control but when you're right you have to win you can't have done things within the rest of the draft to make it so even though you were right and even though you were healthy you still lost and i think that that can be something that maybe is not always looked at because people tend to think of it in terms of okay i won when i was healthy i lost when i was unhealthy And not look at the second level of, you know, how much chance did you give yourself to overcome injuries? But most importantly, when you were right, did you win?
1: So, Sean, then hopefully we have, hopefully we have achieved that this year. We'll have a conversation here to see if we did. But when we look back at the preseason, and I think something you mentioned there, which is very good, is when like we talk sometimes, like there's weeks where you lose games and you have like options that could have changed that result. But you mentioned that when you do the same thing again and the key is uh, i think to have more weeks than not where we are then i would do the exact same process because it's the process that's going to help you have that consistency throughout seasons and throughout the league so when we had this draft this year and listeners will know some of the players in the team they'll know a lot of our process as well because we have talked about them throughout the season we've talked about why we've selected some of these guys on the la- live draft podcast as well but when we look around this league in particular the teams that have made it in and some of the players then who you've hinted at even on the show earlier this week who haven't made it in so we have four teams in there and just having a look through them now at this point in time like the dalvin cook team who you mentioned has made it in dalvin cook is obviously going to be out in this one and um, we also have the christian mccaffrey owner getting in there and that team also had aj brown so some injuries to deal with there in the early rounds and then um the other team outside of ourselves that has made it in is the team with the Travis Kelsey Cooper Cup star. So actually interesting, Sean, this is the first time I've really dived into looking at where these teams drafted. So the teams that have actually made it in, in our league are the first overall spot, the second overall spot, and the third overall spot. This probably fits in quite well then to when we talk about these draft strategies, and particularly if you're in the back end of the first round and why sometimes, you know, it is that, a ceiling that we're looking to 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 get ourselves into the mix because you're obviously starting off at a a lesser spot or a disadvantage to those teams with the higher picks and and we drafted out of the ninth slot in this so um i think that like we talk a lot about that in the off season and why we're going with these bills and why we're trying to make it work is that something that you know is of interest to you at this point of the season when we're into the playoffs and have have worked through that entire season after having a, a late draft slot
2: Yeah, one of the things that that really did come into play for 2021 is that it ended up being a lot more balanced than we would have expected in part because of those running back injuries early. Now, one of the things that you can see when you go and look at the best ball explorer is that the kind of middle of the round has actually been the most valuable over the last four or five, six years because the running back injuries at the top have been so bad, right? Have really crushed win rates at the top. The thing that seems so clear cut in 2021 in terms of it being unbalanced is that you were going to be able to get Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin cook at the top. And then you were going to be able to get still just absolute star wide receivers at that point. Now, one of the kind of things that was funny here is that Cooper cup was a big reach for the Travis Kelsey drafter. And yet,
1: that might be the earliest he went all all draft season. Went at the the two eleven,
2: and you know that guy is sitting there saying, "The last thing I was going to do is let him get through that turn, man." I knew what was going to happen here. Cooper Cup has carried me to the promised land, which is exactly the case. So we saw some injuries with those guys at the turn that also mitigated the results from some of these top. Team. So guys like DK Metcalf, who were among the receivers who performed, AJ Brown with the injuries. Now Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, CD Lamb, all of those guys have paid off in one way or another. And so it's actually been some of the guys kind of wrapping back into that next group, the Allen Robinsons, the DJ Moores, the T Higgins, uh, the Robert Woods, the Amari Coopers, the Tyler Locketts, those guys have not hit right. And so one of the things that we are looking at here is that there are a lot of of veteran wide receivers who didn't hit and I just because people think that it's easy to get wide receivers in this range and because after they've drafted running backs early they want some safety and they go for the established players I think that also plays into our hands right because those wide receivers are not good values and you know that's that's played out that way this season So, you know, you look at some of the things that have happened, though. These teams at the top did take advantage of having those early picks. They were able to still make it through. Dalvin Cook obviously had a fine season right up until the injury. And this particular manager did go with the handcuff. And a lot of people will talk about handcuffs not making sense. Uh, Very definitively in best ball, it's not a good construction. Uh, In redraft, I guess I'm a little bit more open to it. If you think that the handcuff is a true handcuff and would get the entire workload when the starter is out Alexander Madison has gotten that that is the team that we face this week and so you know it's it's one of those things where you know again we're not ready for him to get hurt but if they do get hurt and you're playing them like well at least we're playing somebody who doesn't have a full team now that does help us we're in favor of that uh if it happened already and is just the state of things but then we look at this and we see oh well he has Madison and so There's a big talent gap there, but Madison has paid off in a couple of games where he's had the opportunity so far. So Cook with Madison in the background. And one of the things in terms of making the playoffs, and this team had to really kind of fight to get in, was that those two big games from Alexander Madison are probably the reason that he's in the playoffs. And so we did see that element work out there. The other thing that we saw from the Cook manager is that his team was very healthy through the first seven rounds. It's not until... You get to uh, Nicole Hardman in round eight, Michael Thomas in round nine, Philip Lindsay in round 10, Jacoby Myers in round 11. that you hit this stretch where the team isn't very effective from a draft perspective. A lot of that because those guys miss Michael Thomas, obviously, because (laughs) he more or less decided not to play again this season. Um, Very much into the A.J. Green portion of his career. And so, Colin, we're seeing that if you're, healthy and you don't have to have the high hits early on but he does draft mark andrews in round four and andrews has been the guy at tight end this season andrews and travis kelsey have separated themselves from the rest of the group two of the four teams who are in the playoffs have those two guys
1: yeah i think um like andrews has he was somebody that's you know at that time last year so 2020 season drafts we were very very positive on a lot of times taking him in the second or third round um it did feel like there was still a bounce back that could have happened but he was in the offense where we didn't know if the passing volume would be there and what percentage of those targets he would get so i think looking back now he was a, a really really strong pick there hawkinson has had some games but hasn't um been as consistent Pitts similar hasn't done it and kettle obviously was injured so yeah two of those teams in particular that's been tight end premium uh also looking through some of the other roster construction sean and this and you know we talked on the show earlier this week about uh how people will approach next year's drafts but like you can see like just huge on this draft we're just huge chunks of green you know round after round in certain situations and um, there's a couple of teams who have four running backs and five round periods in a number of spots throughout the draft we have uh team didn't make the playoffs but team 12 which was kind of in the mix towards the end um had five running backs and five rounds kind of from round nine through round uh 13. so there's a lot of teams that are still packing those running backs in there and i think again as i mentioned the you know people will probably stick to that a little bit again next year even with all those injuries Uh, in terms of the rest of the roster strategies and um, the what the McCaffrey injury team one does become almost a zero running back team we have AJ Brown Keenan Allen Deontay Johnson then Javante Williams Devonta Smith Antonio Brown Elijah Moore and um, and then obviously they lean into their tight end position with Herb Smith who got injured uh, before the season started and then Cole commit was in the 13th round so some interesting picks there for them but they did lean in on the wide receiver position after the christian mccaffrey pick which was a you know seemed a smart move at the time and um obviously even with aj brown injured and uh, antonio brown missing a couple of games recently that has worked out um well for them to make it and there. our roster um we, we've joked a few times about the trey sermon pick, but we did go Hill, jefferson deandre swift chris godwin trey sermon then we went fant debo samuel aj Dillon, gasecki ronald jones uh, Henry Ruggs I think the big pick Sean after that that we probably could, would I, I probably would reverse it both 49ers so we had three 49ers in the roster with Trey Sermon and Trey Lance both also Trey's um you know probably were picks that haven't given us really any value this year and um, we did take Joe Burrow after Trey Lance so there are a couple of you know guys that went in those top 12 rounds that have probably cost us but when we look through the rest of the roster there's a massive amount of hits And like you mentioned. About uh, the process and would we do it again, um, and would things work out the same way? And that's kind of part of our process. I think if we look through this again, most of these picks we would probably do again if we had that opportunity. Probably barring the the Sermon pick, um but overall, I think the the construction of the roster worked out well for us. When we looked in at, it, I guess before we go on to the other teams and and how things are looking out for the playoffs with our team, is there any other? I guess and Look, there's probably not much point in diving deep into the bottom end of the the roster. Most of those guys, uh, in fact, all of those guys are no longer on the roster. But in those top kind of 12 rounds, is there, and that kind of, if we could do it again, what is there anything you would change in that process?
2: Well, one of the things that worked out really well for us here, and it does again show this advantage if you're in a league that goes running back heavy, is that we were able to get Hill with the ninth pick. We would have been able to get Adams with the 10th pick. Those are crazy values on those guys, right? It's going to be difficult to not be in the mix if you get those guys to start. And so that in and of itself really gives you the lead on most of the rest of the league. And then we come back with Jefferson in round two. And I mean, that's, it's just such a safe and yet home run type of pick. And even though, He's been good, not great. I mean, there's still a little bit left on the table there. The potential is for that to play out during the playoffs, and and we'll see if we get there with that. And then, you know, we look at the dead zone. We look at DeAndre Swift there in round three. Again, I mean, that's a big gift. And so if you're able to take a guy there, you're not going to say, oh, it's a dead zone. You're going to say, look, that should be an early second round pick. We'll take it in the late third. Chris Godwin has been essentially the best wide receiver in round four now adam Thielen, deontay johnson at the end of round four are going to be in the mix as well chris godwin's numbers knocked off a little bit with how poorly he played in week 12 but like that situation benefited perhaps a little bit from antonio brown but also has had uh, injury issues and has had to face the fact there's more defensive attention Well, you don't have the three wide receivers out there so that's kind of an interesting one you mentioned the sermon pick and that one as we talked about on the show about three, four weeks ago, occurred because the four picks right ahead of us were Ayuk, Judy, Claypool, and Jamar Chase, all those guys we were looking at there. Uh, they've hit to different levels, obviously, Ayuk coming on strong now. Judy dealing with the injuries, Claypool dealing with the uh, quarterback situation. So we could say three of those four guys maybe weren't home runs as it turned out. Jamar Chase, uh, even with the cooler period as of late, would have been very much the guy to have there. The thing I think with Sermon, I I go back and forth on this a little bit because you look at the situation there with San Francisco and if it had turned out that he was Elijah Mitchell, then you'd be saying, okay, well, this is a team that could win the half a million dollars. And so in one way, I don't think it's as big a miss as it appears to be. On the one hand, it's this gigantic miss, right? Because you essentially get no points from that spot in the fifth round, which you you can't do. You can't get no points from your fifth round pick um, without the player even being injured, right? And you can't afford to not have the massive point values that Elijah Mitchell could now give in the playoffs. So from that perspective, it's a gigantic miss. One of the things that we do talk about, though, is this idea of being willing to embrace uncertainty. And while we want to have a good structure, we don't want to be so risk-averse that we give up the types of plays that could win the whole thing. And I think from that perspective, taking a young running back with the San Francisco 49ers – Is the play to make. Now, the thing that we should have done here, and again, some of these things are going to be much more obvious in retrospect. I mean, you can go back and be like, well, you know, you just should have drafted Leonard Fournette and Cordero Patterson, and none of the rest of this would matter. You don't necessarily know all of those things, but something that you can do if you're going to have the guts to embrace the uncertainty there and make a risky pick would be to then use one of your picks in this 15 to 20 range. That are essentially worthless. I mean, they're not worthless. If you hit on those players, then you have a great chance to win your league. You want to be very intent on making specific and intentional picks within that range. So you give yourself a chance. You know, you pick the KJ Handlers, the player gets hurt, so you don't get to see what would have happened. But that happens. And if somebody gets hurt at the end instead of the beginning, you know, you're just you're glad that you lost a player that was much more uh, swing for the fences pick as opposed to a foundational guy. But you take Trey Sermon there. For me, the big mistake is that we just didn't take Elijah Mitchell in round 18 because Uh then you have it covered. right? Then you have the uncertainty, but you also have multiple ways to win on it. And so... uh, But it kind of comes back to this idea of if you're going to take Trey Sermon that high, then we just didn't have these indications that it was going to play out the other way until, you know, you have that dramatic week one inactive with Elijah Mitchell coming out there. But I mean, I have got Elijah Mitchell in dynasty. He's somebody who has this impressive athletic profile, some things in what he had done in college that jumped out. If you've got him in dynasty, you can't afford to not have him, in round eighteen, nineteen of a redraft league where you took trey sermon right so that's to me the big mistake it's not necessarily the sermon selection in a vacuum
1: yeah then we would have had to also draft jeff wilson jr just to make sure that we had <laughs> what all options covered but uh, looking then just to the the playoffs because just to see how we we go this week the team we are facing um also during the season one of the obviously the best pickups this season so far probably the potentially the zero rb king at this point is uh Carter l patterson so we are going up against him in the flex this week and with we dk metcalf coming off a low scoring week uh mike evans also to contend with terry McLaurin, also to contend with so pretty pretty decent uh roster overall pretty solid roster it's gonna be interesting uh we were talking uh after the show last or on tuesday sean we were looking through the roster and some of the decisions to make and we also noticed that we have mike evans on one side chris godwin on the other side so we have godwin and, and there's gonna be a few interesting bits that that play out there to see how it works out but um i i think it's going to be a tough one to to win this week you mentioned they also have madison and we have dalvin out. they have josh jacobs they have russell wilson a quarterback so a big part of it will probably come down to the wilson metcalf side of things too if they have another week like they did this past week we might be in a better spot and uh, the the player sean that is going to be our our hero this week our savior we did draft him in a lot of drafts this year we drafted him in this draft and i'm just double checking right now to see where that was it was the 10th round it is mr ronald jones last week was the big week for fournette and uh this week with the likelihood that swift is out and also the situation with A.J. Dillon being on by, Chuba Hubbard being on by, we are rolling out Ronald Jones. So I think this is the the breakout week for Ronald Jones, and and we never look back from this point forward.
2: Well, Ronald Jones has scored two weeks in a row, and so now we're the probably... The here. Yeah, I mean, it's here, and two touchdowns this week, right? I mean, he could take a touch from... You know, the opposing five yard line and go. And that would really change the game. Have the Falcons there. The Falcons are not a good team. The Bucks could be up early. We get a lot of garbage time. Uh, run out the clock carries from Ronald Jones. Hopefully, the Buccaneers will understand that. I mean, Leonard Fournette's their superstar now, right? So you got to protect him, got to protect him, get him out of that game early. Uh,
1: and for the listeners, that was a little bit tongue in cheek. Um, but I actually, now that Sean mentioned it, I, I hope that exactly what he said happens. So.
2: so so we do have this situation without DeAndre Swift and without Diego Samuel. Our team is just actually not very good. Uh, but if we are to win, you know, fantasy leagues can play out in so many different ways. But if we are to win this week, Colm, it is something where we are going to need the touchdowns to go to Chris Godwin and not Mike Evans. If they go to Mike Evans, it's hard to see us coming out victorious. Colm, the other thing in this league that's interesting and one of the things I always like to see and talked about it kind of in my intro the big point of when you're right you have to win the two backs that we talk about as having determined the 2021 season from an early round perspective Austin Eckler and Jonathan Taylor their teams both miss and so
1: and just just on that to just again to go into so we're starting ronald jones and ramondre stevenson this week we have the team we're facing is josh jacobs and madison and carder patterson so they're they're in a pretty good shape at the running back position but the uh one of the teams is has, has boston scott and leonard furnette in there and the other team is tevin coleman and javante williams in there so it gives you a sense i know you're you're going to talk about the teams that missed out but it gives you a sense of the teams that made it and they're not being uh all running back heavy <laughs>
2: and again we uh, we know that not all of the leagues are playing out this way but it was funny because when we looked at it in the stealing bananas podcast a very similar thing where these teams are missing right well <laughs> you mentioned the hilarious guys we're going to start running back and what the other teams in the playoffs are going to start running back there is a team that missed that if they were in this week they could start austin eckler naji harris and clyde edwards Alaire. there is another team that missed that if they were in, could start Jonathan Taylor, David Montgomery, and then James Robinson and Daryl Henderson in the flex positions. Right. So we come back and like, how did these teams miss? Now, the Jonathan Taylor team also has Devontae Adams in round one, which is a fantastic pick. And the funny thing here is that you have Adams. This team also has Jalen Waddell. We talked on Sealy Bananas, how there was a team with Cooper Cup and Jalen Waddell that missed and yet you go back through and look, it's like the four running backs that were selected here, number one, Jonathan Taylor's a clear hit. The other three guys in Montgomery, Robinson, and Henderson are not necessarily misses. But this comes back to this idea again of who do you want in your flex and what does it mean for the rest of your roster? Right. So this team ends up only having three running back or three wide receivers in the first eleven rounds. They come back with Emmanuel Sanders, Sterling Shepard, Marquez Valdez, Scantling late. Those guys have had moments. I mean, Sanders started the year fairly hot. Sterling Shepard started the year looking like you know he would potentially be a league winner. Now you, you're pretty sure that's going to calm down in the Giants' offense that not really set up to support wide receiving scoring. And then MBS has had some moments, but not having the top guys at receiver means that you're just so reliant on being able to get points out of those flex positions from the running backs. And even when it comes through, it doesn't necessarily work. We also have a situation there where because of the running backs early, then there's not a lot of tight end firepower on that team. That's something else that we see from the team that started Eckler, Harris, Edwards. The running back times three approach, this robust running back start, then puts you in a situation where you've got to hit on the rest of your players. People talk about, oh, you can just get the wide receivers wherever. Well, when this team gets Amari Cooper, they get Jerry Judy, they get Juju Smith-Schuster, they get Leviska Chenault, and very quickly you're in a position where now you don't have the guys. Will Fuller in round nine. I actually like this team. I liked it when it was drafted. I think if you're going to go robust RB, that this is a good way to play it. And it's also a situation where you kind of look back and you say, okay, you know, this team wasn't necessarily – bad so much as unlucky because we actually would have expected some of those receivers to hit but it does reinforce this idea again that you got to have a lot of wide receivers they don't all hit it isn't straightforward but then the other part of it is that you end up with round eight tight end tyler higby around 11 tight end johnny smith and column the wider i mean the tight end scoring isn't there and especially when we look at tight end premium formats the tight ends matter so much, right? So we have the Travis Kelsey team is in, the Mark Andrews team is in. Our team had Fant and Gasicki, and those are two guys that we really wanted to get on a large percentage of our teams. They haven't worked out in this amazing way, but Gasicki has scored well, Fant has scored well, kind of in games where you probably would have had him out there. There have been some situations where you wouldn't necessarily have played him, but having the kind of one-two punch at tight end has worked out nicely. That part of it is a big deal in tight end premium leagues. And so you also have to take that into consideration when you're thinking, okay, well, we'll start with a running back heavy build, but then we'll get these wide receivers. At some point you have to get the tight ends and you have to make choices because you can't, you can't do all things all the time. And one of the things I think when people are like, well, why are you guys drafting all of those wide receivers? Why are you go running back light? And it's because there are opportunity costs right? And you can't just address everything all the time. You have to make choices. Sometimes the choices that we make seem risky or seem, you know, very aggressive, but they're choices that allow us to hit the things that are important to put your team into position to the, once the season happens, it can get better. It can get better. One of the things that we've had happen in this one is that our team actually was just very good. And it's unfortunate that we haven't been able to add as much as we would have liked as the season went along, because, Again, you you don't always know. You don't always get better. And so you have to have multiple paths. In this case, the path was that we hit on our guys, the people that we had the highest roster exposure to across all teams. They were on this team and they paid off.
0: Hey, Rotoviz radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast. And I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12-month subscription in your cart and use promo code RV Radio 2-1. That's RV Radio 2-1 and you're going to save 10%. <laughs> Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. Sean,
1: so we're going to answer a listener submitted question uh, to finish off today's show. It comes in from Jeff Davison. Jeff, thanks for sending in this one. He is—he uh, mentioned some kind words about enjoying the physically all the road of his podcast, and Bananas, also mentioned there. Um, and he said that he just wanted to share an update on a zero RB draft uh, that we uh, had a look at earlier in the offseason and to kind of review how things have played out. So a bit like what we did there when we talked about how the process has played out. But just to run through some of his bullet points, he mentions his first round pick was Darren Waller, who has been good, but has not justified a first round pick. He mentions his fourth round pick was DJ Moore, who has been, you know, having a disappointing season since week four. I think the season for Moore has been been fine but probably hasn't had the heights that maybe people were expecting uh, has had different quarterback issues since that point uh his eighth round pick was chennault who Is mm-hmm. in a lot of my rosters uh, jeff so i feel the pain there but that hasn't worked out at all in terms of um, our hopes for lavisca chennault this year his 12th round pick was ryan fitzpatrick who's been out most of the year his 14th round pick was james white who's also been out most of the year so i'm going to run down through the entire roster to let the listeners have an idea then i'll I say what position um he is sitting at, at the moment so Darren waller justin jefferson cd lamb dj moore travis etienne who he didn't mention in that list who has also been out the entire season uh, lamar jackson Cortland sutton chenault james connor who is essential to all those best ball teams aj Dillon, elijah moore ryan fitzpatrick zach ertz james white chubba hubbard tyler bass uh, we get into I'll just say that there's three defenses three kickers in terms of the the players there then jameson crowder uh salvin atmed mac jones pat fairmouth sony michelle kendrick Bourne, and justice hill and sean on kendrick Bourne, just to mention i know ben said uh <laughs> the joke about players starting Bourne this week i, I have a team that has uh has had a nice one last week off the back of uh born's two touchdown games so there was at least two teams last week to get those W's with Kendrick Bourne in the lineup. But going through that roster, Sean, going through those injuries, I mentioned some of the, the big ones there as well. Um, he is currently sitting in first place by 27 points. He's averaged 200 points the last three weeks. Uh, he says, and yes, hindsight is twenty twenty. But what was his biggest mistake? He has a question mark then for was it choosing running back in the dead zone he said the resiliency of zero rb um our really elite running back build uh, has been amazing to observe Um so he's mentioned it through that team and i, I just simply mentioned about the the tree defenses tree kickers um they're one of the keys as well and the roster construction explorer for building these 28 round best ball teams and um, so he has that in there so even with the injuries and and how things have played out is able to to still get those points because you'll see a lot of teams that those points just evaporate uh with kicker injuries and then kickers maybe getting waved or cut for example so looking at that roster i think it's it's really strong the question there sean is and looking at it i think the the actual roster construction is very strong three tight ends in there as well has the three quarterbacks so when fitzpatrick goes down he's able to to go with lamar jackson and then mac jones is is having those solid weeks each and every week pretty much at this point um ETN getting injured, big blow. But then he gets the weeks where Hubbard was in for McCaffrey. He gets A.J. Dillon in some of these spots. He gets James Conner, who's worked out uh very, very well there. Um, and he has sony Michelle as well, um, and that and that overall construction. So lots of different things that he has done well, I think, in terms of the overall build. But in terms of running backs in the dead zone, the only running back that's really and truly for me there in the dead zone in this roster is E. T. N. And if we went back again in our time machine, I think our process would be very similar if we were looking to draft him at that point. We didn't know the injury was going to happen. We had a lot of positive thoughts around ETN coming into the season. So I don't really think in this case that like uh, the pick after that was Mike Davis. Now, if Mike Davis in the fifth round was your selection, I would definitely <laughs> agree with you at that point. But um, I think that was just uh, the way injuries played out. Looking through it, Sean, there's not a huge amount of things I would look to change i have a lot of rosters that are in a, a similar build to these with a lot of these same players um what's your thoughts overall on how jeff has done here is the, the kind of the results aren't in yet but still still battling out for that title as the the weeks progress here
2: yeah well this is a fantastic team right and you mentioned going back in our time of scenes i'm not sure if i knew that Trevor Lawrence was going to be as bad as Zach Wilson
1: that I would. And I guess we can tie that into the Chanel stuff. And I know we talked, I mentioned E.T. in there. We, we kind of thought that it could be a pearly coach team, but it has been tragic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you always kind of go back to some of these little things that you've seen. And, um, you know, I, I thought the Lawrence looked terrible in last year's college football semifinal. And that kind of, you know, it, it kind of sticks in your head. You're like, this guy has been extraordinary, right? I mean, he leads Clemson to the national championship as a true freshman. But you see that game and you watch some of the throws and they were in that game, they were just like the throws that we've seen from him all season this year, where you're just like, that guy has a huge arm, but it's all over the place. the decision making is weird the accuracy is non-existent and so i don't know it it makes you wonder a little bit about some of these alabama quarterbacks who've been so successful because they have all the stars around them we're dealing a little bit of that with justin fields where he has all the stars around him obviously the ohio state wide receiver depth charts have been pretty loaded as well um but you've got to look at the big picture. And so I'm like, you know, he looked bad in one game. That, that can't be what he's going to be like as an NFL quarterback. Well, there's a long way to go. I mean, he could bounce back, but he has not looked. I mean, this is not a season like Peyton Manning's rookie season where he threw a ton of interceptions but was moving the team. And you're like, that guy's going to be a star. It was not like Andrew Luck's rookie season where you're like, you know, there have been plenty of things wrong. The team's not winning, but he's going to be a star. It definitely hasn't been like Joe Burrow's rookie season. And, you know, probably not playing with a lot of talent, but we don't know. I mean, he's so bad that we can't tell if Marvin Jones, you know, is the culprit or what have you. We can't tell, like, where LaVisca Chenault is. I mean, there's a possibility that, I mean, probably where LaVisca Chenault is is that he's a bust. But Lawrence has been so bad that it's hard to tell. You know, maybe Travis Etienne would have caught 150 passes in this offense because he just can't complete something to anybody else you know you don't know but you don't necessarily like these offenses that are this bad so you know from a time machine it kind of knowing what you know now maybe i would do that one differently but in terms of the price for etn with the talent at that juncture i mean that's that's a great pick so one of the things we talk about is that you have to build a team that can overcome your misses and your injuries so now he has the darren waller injury as well and yet, we, we had to bump this question for a week because we ran out of time last week. So I think just after this, you have the situation then where Darren Waller suffers the injury. But fortunately for Jeff, that coincides with the massive two-touchdown game for Zach Ertz. Then this past week when the Cardinals are on the bye, you get the touchdown in garbage time from Pat Fryermuth. Again, those are two of the tight ends that we really liked, especially Fryermuth at the very end. Seem like a great pick he's someone who's been really helping the best ball teams that i have with blair we have him on, on pretty much every single one of those teams so yeah this is a, a fantastic roster and we'll be rooting hard for you jeff it looks like you're in very good shape down the stretch here if we can just keep those receivers healthy and scoring uh, it looks like you're on your way to a fantasy title
1: yeah. And looking, looking through it again, just the overall construction. And I think anyone who hasn't, if you have signed up to a Rotovis Pass and you haven't gone into the best ball, uh, you know, the roster construction explorer and some of the tools there, maybe you're thinking about getting involved next season we had a lot of people who um, were drafting in best balls, you know, in the FFPC format this year for the first time and uh, are like a bit like jeff talking about how the season has progressed using kind of some of the strategies you would have read on the site or heard on the show and it, it's great to see those coming into play but the the tools uh the mike beers and, and everyone has put up on the site there is just fantastic and uh, you know some of those key concepts just in terms of kickers and defense um you know boosting those win rates and then the way this roster is developed is uh it's great to see. So hopefully things continue, uh Jeff, and you can see out that championship at the end of the year. Mentioned a Rotoviz NFL pass. If you want to sign up and get one, you can save 10% with the code RV Radio 2021. It gets you access to all of the content and all of the tools up on the website. Head on over to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Lots of you are probably, I hope, in some of those uh, FFPC playoffs this weekend so wishing you all the best of luck if you need those wins to get yourself into your home leagues or your dynasty leagues or what have you hopefully you pick up those wins this week to help push you over those lines towards the playoffs i have a couple of those leagues myself i'm hoping to eke my way into the playoffs so hopefully we all come into next week's shows with some w's myself and sean will hopefully have good news on the the main event we'll see how that plays out this weekend my name is Colum Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Marlin. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Check out Sean's work up on Rotomhouse.com. Drop us a written interview on your favorite podcast app. And when we're back next week, have a good one.